Thank you so much, Henry and choir. Well, here we are, but two Sundays before Easter, that day which is the Super Bowl of our faith. It's almost game day, people, but before we get there, we must return to the cross. In fact, that reminds me of something we've been talking about here all this past Lenten season, that if you want to embrace the empty tomb, you must the best I've heard you say it yet, and we are but down in numbers because of spring break. Great job. Today, my friends, we are returning to the cross as we learn about humility. Now, humility is something I thought I knew when I was growing up. I would go to certain churches or certain youth events, and I would be told about how bad I was. The pastor would sit up here and he would spit and stamp and shout and he would say, you are a sinner, you have done wrong in the eyes of God and oh, I would feel just so humble and broken. But yet, not moments later, I would find myself returning and doing the same things that I had just felt bad about in the church house. Was this humility? Was this supposed to be the life-altering, life-giving, spiritual process which Christ himself says is integral to the Christian life? I didn't learn what healthy humility was until I came across a town named Pampa Laguna, Peru. Now that is a mouthful to say for sure, but the story of how I got to Pampa Laguna was even more interesting. I was but a 20-year-old missionary during the summer of 2002. I left my home in Pickens, South Carolina. My mother took me to the big airport in Atlanta and said farewell for I was to be gone for three months. Rebecca packed me a letter to read each and every day of my absence. That's right. (laughs) But here's what I learned during my time away as a missionary. Contrary to my previous notions of how I was to lead a Billy Graham crusade every single night and people were to come to the altar and profess Christ as Savior, I struggled significantly. My ability with Spanish at this point was fairly low. I didn't have very many friends. And for once in my life, I was the person who stood out because I was the only white person around. The gringo. Not only that, at six foot two, I stood out like a highlighter because the average height of the Andes Mountains and the people that live there is but five foot three. My feet hung over the end of the bed. I hit my head on the door frames as I entered every single house. It was difficult. It was hard. I was struggling. And then on a walk, I came into contact with a farmer. I asked him where he lived, and sure enough, he said, I lived in the town of Pampa Laguna. He said, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm a missionary. He begged me to come and see his humble little village. So I did. Traveling down the dusty road by foot, I went to this little humble village, and there met a gathering of people 
They opened up the doors to the Catholic Church and let me come inside. And then I asked them, what questions do you have? They said, we don't know how to pray. Can you teach us? In that moment, I stood back in awe and reverence, feeling that surely I was not up to the task but then somehow remembering that the best things that we can tell are already set for us in God's word. So I, like Cooper did, opened up our scripture to the Sermon on the Mount, wherein Jesus taught others how to pray. I simply read them the Lord's Prayer in Spanish over and over again, and oh, if not, the Holy Spirit didn't descend upon that little tiny church in Pampalaguna, Peru, As I said my farewells and headed back to my home that evening, there was a beautiful sunset on the hills of the Andes Mountains. And for the first time in my life, I understood what healthy humility is. Healthy humility is not about how bad we are. It is about how great God is. And when you and I are lost in the greatness of God, my friends, we will be humbled in the correct sense and so inspired by our humility to go and make a difference not only in our own lives forevermore, but at in the lives of other people. I think about the scripture that was read to us today. Oh, how the people of Israel must have felt humbled by the greatness of God in that moment in which they were told by the prophet Isaiah that their 80 years of exile in Babylon were over. They were people who had been led there due to their own national sins. They had paid the price for their sins, but now there was a way that was to be made way for them in the wilderness. And not only that, there would be living water that would be popping up. Provision would be made. They had a hope and a future. And while being so humbled by the greatness of God, they had that same problem that you and I share in. They get stuck in the past. They get concerned for the present and they worry for the future. Any of you out there like that? Oh, I am. I think I can dream up a worry or two about anything, up into and including getting a free pass to Disney World. I'll somehow worry that the sun's going to be too bright or the skies are going to be too blue. It's just something that's in us. But none of these things about our worries for past or present or future are helping us in our humility. God says that if you worry about the past, you're going to get as stuck as Pharaoh's army did when they tried to cross the Red Sea in pursuit of the people of Israel. Something that's illustrated here in this scripture. God is saying that, oh, you thought that was great, Israel, didn't you? That time when you were set free from Egypt and you were put forward into the wilderness to worship God and Pharaoh's army came after you after Pharaoh changed his mind, but you were protected 
and when Israel's people were safely on the other side, and when Pharaoh tried to cross, the sea crashed in on them, and it was left for it to be victory for Israel. They sang hymns led by Moses and Miriam in the book of Exodus. But God said, don't get stuck in that past. For you see, even though that was the greatest thing you had ever experienced up until and including then, you ain't seen nothing yet. There's something new that I'm doing. Do you not see it, God says? It springs up in your very present. Sometimes I wonder if we're actually looking about with eyes of faith and with a heart of obedience to see the new things that God is springing up about us. Maybe it's because we're not looking in all the right places. We think that the places where God is going to spring up life are going to be the places that we currently find comfort in. Our job, our finances, our social networking. But no, God says the new things are going to spring up in a place that is completely unexpected by you and certainly Israel. It's going to be the wilderness, a barren place which was feared by so many for there in the wilderness were the strong forces of evil. But God says, no, in that wilderness, I make a way for you, my people, to follow Do not fear, for not only will the path be before you, but your ever-present need is there. Whether it be water or food, I will allow your body to have the necessary physical nourishment, and not only I will give your heart the necessary spiritual nourishment so that you can prevail and make it to the other side. God says to Israel, when you experience this nourishment in the wilderness, you'll have but no other choice than to praise me. For even the wild animals, the jackal and the owl, they know that you don't bite or peck the hand that feeds you. So how much smarter are you and I? God says that when you, in obedience, allow yourself to go and, in fact, receive the things that he has prepared prepared for you, your heart will have no other alternative than to give him praise. Praise. Praise not because we are bad, terrible people who have done awful things, but praise because God is so Good. He's so good to me. That, my friends, is where we land once again upon healthy humility. Remember, it's not about how bad we are, it's about how great God is. And He says, Your past is not something which you are beholden to whether it's for some bad mistake you made in which you feel like it will disqualify you from any future God has prepared, or whether it is some measure of success in which you have pride in still, God says, don't get stuck in the past. In fact, forget it. 
There's something here and now which I am doing which is better than ever before. Do you not see it? It springs up before you. God says to you that if you are one who's worrying that you will not have enough, be enough, or in fact are not enough to make it to the promised land, he says, I will provide for you. And when you get there for the future, rest assured that there is a promise, a promise of something so amazing, something so beautiful, like for Israel, the restoration to their ancestral lands, that it will cause you to praise God. That's certainly what happened to that 20-year-old boy who ventured off into the Andes Mountains. Oh, I'd made a mistake or two in my life, but God seemingly said, that's not enough to disqualify you from my service, David. Oh, I'd done a couple of good things, but God said, don't take pride in those things, David. There's something new that I'm springing up before you. Might not be where you expected, It's going to be in a little town called Pampa Laguna, Peru, the one that even the locals that also live in little tiny towns make fun of because no one knows where it is. (laughs) That's where it's going to happen. And oh, the praise that is to follow when a 20-year-old boy walks homeward and sees a sunset and knows for a fact that God is good. He's faithful. He's speaking to us in the ever-present And in my heart and mind, seeing that beautiful scene, having no other alternative than to thank God because he is so good. How about you? What are you stuck in your past for today? What are you worried about for your present? What are your concerns for the future? God saying to each and every one of you, let it go. They're not going to help you have healthy humility, but more importantly, they keep you from experiencing the fullness of life which Christ has called every one of us to have. And that, my friends, is why I believe Jesus is calling all of us to the cross. For at the cross, the great exchange in which our sins were given to Jesus and the grace of God was given to us, I think that we have that moment of experiencing the greatness of God. The greatness of God which frees us from our past, which sets aside our worries for the present and inspires us for a future. And when we encounter the greatness of God through Christ's sacrifice, we are humbled. C.S. Lewis, the great scholar and author, one of whom you've read works by, said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And that is the benefit of the cross. For in it, we realize that it's not because we are bad people that Christ died. It's because of God's love that Christ died. In our sins, yes, but he had a love that was greater still. The greatness of God 
could not be denied. We find our worth in the cross and not our shame. And when he sets us forward in the newness of life, we are able to say because of what Christ did for us, we will go and do likewise for our fellow man. We will be the the one who replicates his sacrifice as we too lay our lives down as a living sacrifice. This is our true and proper worship so that others would know that something has happened in the hearts of these people which sets them apart. Even more special than Israel, we are God's eternal people forevermore so touched in our humility that we're able to see life in a different way. And of course, with humbled hearts in the correct place, we are prepared uniquely and pointedly to experience the resurrection life that awaits each and every one of us. So my friends, I tell you today that if you want to embrace the empty tomb, you must return to the cross. Now this is something that's easy to preach. It's a lot harder to practice. So what are we going to do as a people of God? How are we going to put our money where our mouth is? Well, I want to teach you a prayer, a prayer that I want you to write down. So even if you are not a note taker, even if you're a millennial and you think what's pencil and paper, I'm giving you permission. Take out your phone, create a note, and I want you to write down this prayer, a prayer which I want you to say repeatedly in your walking as we journey together in humility in our return to the cross. It goes like this. Lord, I let go of my past. I take hold of your future. I receive your provision. I am humbled by your greatness. Amen. I'll repeat it again. Lord, I let go of my past. I take Hold of your future. I receive your provision. I am humbled by your greatness. Amen. Now, if you didn't get all of that, copy off a neighbor or see me after the service. But each and every day of our walking and our return to the cross, may we say this confessional prayer as a people of God not only desiring humility, but willing to live humbly in our lives, not because we are bad, but because God is so good. As I conclude, I return to the words of the anthem, the same lyrics that the choir just blessed us with in their demonstration of corporate worship. They read, Lord, I stretch my hands to you, no other help I know. If you should leave me all alone, where then shall I go? Lord, I give my soul to you, I seek your care and love. No other blessings do I need but those from you above. 
Lord, I ask you, give me faith and help me understand. And Lord, when I this life shall leave, just hold me in your hand. Lord, I stretch my hands to you, no other help I know. If you should leave me all alone, where then shall I go? O Lord, I stretch my hands to you. Humbly, people of God, inspired by his goodness and mercy, may we extend our hands to him now in our return to the cross, knowing that it is God and God alone who has the answers for our hearts, that he and he alone helps us to forget the past, embrace the new, and expect a beautiful future which will be about the praise of his amazing and glorified name. In that spirit, may we go together to God in prayer as we soon transition to a moment of response. Our God in heaven, we thank you for your greatness. You speak over us words of value and worth. And in as much as we see them and understand your goodness and mercy, we understand also humility. For we are people that you paid a great price for out of your immeasurable love for us so that we can be set free to live the fullness of the life which Christ alone can provide. Oh God, in humility, we want to go forward doing as you did for us so that others might have, so that others might know the greatness of God. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would turn in your hymnal to him 475 and respond as you feel so led. Only trust.